guys, welcome to Church and Other Drugs. Happy Easter, happy 420, um, happy Earth Day, and Hitler's birthday. Yeah, happy all of those things. Maybe not so much Hitler's birthday. Uh, well, we haven't heard from Party Hitler in so long. Because <laughs> he's dead, and he should be dead. Um, but if he repented and believes in Jesus, then I guess maybe he deserves... Uh, to be in heaven too? I don't know. Theological question of the day, does Hitler deserve redemption? Just kidding. I just got back from vacation um, from South Carolina. Me and the wife went to uh, my family reunion that I haven't been to. I thought it had been like 10 years, but it had been like 20 years. So it was very cool. Um, Got to be the uh, annoying uncle and cousin. It's like, oh, I remember you and you were this tall. And uh, my wife made fun of me for it. Um, yeah, not much news today. Um, we got some good interviews coming up next week with uh, John Ladd from 710 Split. So that'll be pretty cool. Pretty excited about that one. Uh, today, just a little preface uh, I'm releasing. So I was on the Bad Christian uh, Patreon or Club bonus episode with Joey Svensson where I, I gave my best shake I could at presenting the Nephilim argument uh, in as concise and non-conspiratorial way as possible. Um, It has been met with fierce resistance. Uh, I thought it turned out pretty good. Um, And so if you don't want to find it there, I'm going to post it here. But that's kind of the setup for what this whole deal is about. And if you're tired of hearing about it, you know, that's fine. But check it out anyway. Later. Can't you see that I wanna be there with open arms? It's empty tonight, and I'm all alone. Get me through this one. Do you notice I'm gone? Where do you run to so far? All right, what yep. book was that? Uh, Spurgeon Sorrows. Uh-uh. So it's really good. Um, if you send me, if, yeah, if you send me your address, I'll just mail it. I'm done reading. But um, what's it about? It's about you know Charles Spurgeon. Yeah. Uh, and I, I interviewed the author on on our show, but it's basically it's just about a um a how the church has handled depression extremely shittily and how they yep. like recommend it, and so he goes through how. Spurgeon dealt with his depression and like what he would recommend and it's just like a whole basically it's just about being a depressed Christian and like what you should do about it. Nice, man. It's really good. Yeah. But so yeah, so I got so I read that Spurgeon was really depressed, right? Yeah, he was super depressed. Like like and he never got over it, I don't think. No. I mean, it didn't seem like no. it. Gosh. Yeah. He just like dealt with it, but it was it was really reassuring. I bet you guys like that would have benefited so much from like modern day therapy. Not even yeah. necessarily. I mean, medication, sure, but 
there's just so much stuff out there now therapeutic wise uh, i bet you he would have benefited a lot from it and he even like took they, they were called like cordials back then but it was like basically yeah. like stimulants or whatever some kind of like i'm sure the meds back then were way cooler but yeah. uh yeah so i got off medicine anyway then i got back on but and then i got like suicidal again so i got back on and i tried zoloft this time and wellbutrin right right and things were going great and you know they I, call that combination behind closed doors the doctors call it well off yeah so many so yeah. many people use those too <laughs> yeah i love that and i was like all right finally this is working and then like the past month i just got completely like numb i couldn't go really yeah. high or low i felt like it was interfering so i was gonna ask you have you ever felt like your medicine interfere interferes with talking to god or like feeling god or communicating maybe so so i mean i don't know i don't i don't know what we're going to use this episode for or or what channel it'll definitely be released somewhere so now the timing is definitely going to have to change a little bit because i haven't talked about this publicly but i'm i've been off my medications for a while it's like the first time in since i mean i literally started trying to, to find a medication that works since 98, maybe. So, I mean, to make a long story short, <clears throat> I feel like, um, you know, the last, I mean, even this time, six months ago, if somebody were to tell me, hey, do you plan on getting off your meds anytime soon? I've been like, no way, because just two years ago when I had to go from one medication to the next, the medication that, um, that I was on, so to, to get off of that, I decided, you know, let me just let me be off my meds and just see how I handle that before I get on something else. And dude, I'm telling you, it, I was a mess. Yeah, I mean, I was like, I'm no, I'm no match for this at all. And I remember my mom walking in uh, on a Friday afternoon. I'm watching the kids after school. Priscilla's out and about, and I literally, it was almost like this never-ending to-do list coming from all different directions. All this stuff that I thought that I needed to be doing that probably needs to be done in the next year. <laughs> yeah, yes, <laughs> but it was yeah. all just stuck in my head, and it was like I, Damn, I told Priscilla yeah. one one time I checked my phone uh, for the same bit of information, like on my budget app. I, I went like thirteen times in a row, and I was like, okay, I'm sick as hell right now. I need to get back on medication. So. It was just, it was like all of a sudden, man, I felt so confident. And I, I mean, I guess as a spiritual person, all I can do is give that credit to God because I don't know where else it came from. I just felt like, okay, now is the time. And the only, the only, only thing that I can say as to why it has worked this, this time around, because it's, I'm like a, over a month into it. And last time it didn't take but a few days for me to just fizzle out. <clears throat> but I really think it's been the last three years or so has been, just constant reading books and uh, learning myself and talking to therapists, not even regularly, but when I did, I just made the most use of my time to taking care of myself, eliminating, you know, so much sugar and stretching and all of that yeah. stuff. So, so you're that's, fully off. Yeah, fully, fully off. Um, so I don't recall what your last question was, but I no, felt no, like no. that and, was relevant to the discussion. No, it was. It, oh, with the God talking thing. Yeah. So yes. I haven't been, I have not been off medication long enough to recognize a difference because dude, you're asking me what's your prayer life. Basically what you're saying is what's your prayer life been for the last 20 years, Sure. you know, with antidepressants. So I don't, I don't know if there's a difference, but <laughs> I do know anytime I'm off antidepressants, I have to learn how to manage my emotions because I don't know if 
the antidepressants robbed me of being Joey Svensson or helped me not be That's so emotional and, and so short fused. Because when I'm off medication, I will go through periods of irritability that I really have to figure out, okay, how, how do I not be so irritable with people? But dude, also, I mean, I'm crying like a nonstop. I miss that, And it though. feels good. It feels, it feels great. great. Oh, yeah. It feels great. And I right. haven't been able to cry since I've been on this time around. And it's so upsetting. Like, I hate, yeah. I hate that the most. Yeah, totally. So, well, I, don't I mean, know. I, I enjoy music more, movies more. I and I wouldn't even say that the antidepressants rob me of that. But I feel like, I feel like it's just better. Yeah. But I would say... Unless someone's ready, I'm not speaking. You, you're you're a grown ass man. You know what you're doing. But unless <laughs> unless someone is totally ready, I mean, I would say I needed. I mean, whether it's me being hard headed or stupid or weak or whatever, I needed those training wheels for 20 years. Like I yeah. I legit could not get off and have a stable life because I was ill prepared. You know. Yeah. Well, and 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 if it if it uh, if it pleases the court, uh, I'll. Uh... I might reach out to you about that later on. We don't have to yeah. bogart the whole discussion, but yeah, I, sure. It's that, like eighty dollars, eight dollars an hour, uh, or something like that. Hey, uh, I'm, we'll I'm also a therapist, so we can switch. <laughs> we can switch. I am not a therapist, so Ooh, I need to I'm pay a counselor, you, <laughs> bro. What you need? What you need? Um, oh, that's cool, man. So the topic at hand, the topic at hand, Joey. Yeah, I am sick and tired <laughs> of the Nephilim name getting drugged through the mud. I know. I was. I was thinking about this. I was like. I'm bringing on a Nephilim believe a believer in the Nephilim who used to do crazy ass drugs for yeah. years. So who the hell is going to listen to you, man? <laughs> I've been talking to him. That's what I'm saying, dude. I, I talk to him all the time. No, so this this is what bothers me. Your I'm, notes are your notes are extremely intriguing, by the way. I so for our yeah. listeners, I, I asked Jed to send me some stuff ahead of time, and I I am. I am legit super super interested uh, yeah. in some of this stuff for sure. No, go ahead. Well, I, what I thought, and you may have a good uh, good route to take as well since you're a podcaster, but what I thought I would do is kind of give you my elementary view that is not near as advanced, and then you can take that and, and go further, push back, say that's stupid, or yes, I agree with that part, interrupt me at any time. But I have a very elementary view that I used to just buy into hook, line, and sinker until I started, I guess, to think a little more uh, critically. Sure. And and I will out, out the gate. I want to say that I am going to stay completely away from the conspiracy side. So what okay. I'm going to present is basically what early Jewish people, first century Christians, other civilizations, cultures around the world have believed to be true. You know, prehistory, yeah. early history. I'm not gonna. Yeah. I'm gonna really try to stay away from the, the totally. wackiness. Yeah, totally. Well, I'll go. I'll go into the wackiness just a tad, and then you can well, of just course. ignore it or bypass it. Uh, and you are recording, correct? Yes. Cool. So, so basically, for me, it's uh, the, the snapshot is that demonic forces have always and and so for our listeners' sake, this is I just believe this stuff because I I I heard a couple teachers teach about it. It was in the Bible, so I figured, hey, this is this is a reality. Whereas now. I'm kind of on the fence and it doesn't matter as much. But so what I used to believe is that demonic forces have always wanted to mess up the lineage of Jesus. So basically in the days of Noah, um, the sons of God mated with the, the daughters of men or however they say it. And so I literally believe that those were uh, demonic forces that 
mated with uh, women, and this, you know, their product was Nephilim, which are giants. Uh, potentially, I mean, this is some crazy ass shit, but potentially that was how the pyramids were were put together. You know, by just crazy superhuman strength sort of thing. So even even let's go um, post um, resurrection and all of that you could look at the Holocaust and, and say there's there's just been crazy attacks to God's people, which maybe you could make a stretch and say salvation comes through God's chosen people. Like, they're not the only ones uh, that, that God wants to save, but maybe salvation comes through them. And so, you know, the demonic forces are still trying to destroy that. But what's interesting is if you read in Matthew 24, but as the days of Noah were, so shall also the coming of... I, I just copied and pasted like King James times three or something. But basically, like like the days were in Noah, so shall they be when, when Jesus comes back. So basically, there's something below the surface that they're talking about that unless we take a closer look, we don't know. And if you think about the flood... And you think, okay, wait a second, God sent a flood because people were being bad? Like, why isn't there floods every single day then outside of him uh-huh. promising? Maybe there was something catastrophic that needed major strides of uh, of, of God coming in and, and fixing. And so a lot of people would say the Nephilim, that was the big reason for the flood is because it really had gotten so evil because the human race was being um, tampered with, so to speak. Yep. And then you fast forward uh, to even prophecies about when Jesus comes back. There's a place where it says, uh, you know, the Antichrist will come doing signs and wonders, um, deceive the elect if that were possible. And some people hypothesize that that could be um, alien slash demonic forces that basically say, look, here's here's the signs and wonders. I mean, look, we got spacecraft that can you know, turn into two spacecrafts. It, it, you know, we've got crazy technology. Believe us, we're God. Mm-hmm. We planted you here. This was an experiment. Here's all the data. And, uh, you know, maybe just like this huge major conspiracy from beginning to end. But you will probably ground the conversation a little bit more and, and stick biblically. And one, I mean, one thing you said, and you can go wherever you want with this, but one thing you said that I was like, man, I got to hear just how... Um, you said the Nephilim story is woven into the entire overarching uh, scripture, you know, yeah. basically Israel, yes. the nations, and even Peter and Paul yes. talked about it. Like, yes. I got to hear, I got to hear this, man. It's, and it, like my, it's, my heart is beating because I'm <laughs> super stoked about this because I love, because <laughs> it's such, it's such an awesome story and it fills so many holes. And it's like, once you understand it, it's like, well, holy you know holy shit this is crazy and and you really believe this or it's just fun to think about or or would you say no it makes sense to me i believe i I, um i am trying to stick with the spirituality aspect of the bible i have no problem this is my personal biases i guess i have no problem with supernatural stuff i absolutely believe in a spiritual realm spiritual warfare all that stuff. Um, right. So a lot. So in the other ground clearing, I'm not, we don't have the time for me to source site for every single thing I'm going to yeah, say. Yeah, totally. I'll tell you that the stuff um, I'm largely pulling from Dr. Michael Heiser, Brian Godawa, my own research and, and that kind of stuff. So if you want sources, I will gladly give them, but we don't have time for all that. So you're just gonna have to listen. 
Do you have a big elongated skull that you found? I and... do. I do. <laughs> no, uh, it's in my pants. <laughs> um, did you? Right, so, by the way, did did you ever listen to that Pastor yes, with No Answers that, episode with? <laughs> yes, and that's that's what started me getting so mad because uh, he's he's like him and um, Gary Wayne or just was it Gary Wayne or L.A. Marzulli that you had? L.A. Marzulli was the guy we had on. He's the kook, man. And I think Chuck Missler influences all these guys, which, yeah. which honestly, I, I've read some of Chuck Missler's stuff, and it's it's not near as uh, theatrical and dramatized as like L.A. Marzulli, and so he's a little more palpable to to digest. And actually, I mean, he has some pretty interesting thoughts for totally. sure. But I think he totally. has kind of influenced all of these guys. So to start, I think I'll just tell you. As it is written in one one Enoch, so the the Dead Sea Scrolls. This is when all this stuff got found: the books of Enoch, the book of the Watchers, the book of Giants, um, the book of Jubilees. That's where yeah. all this stuff that scholars had found um, earlier, but they're not so sure if they were historical. We find the Dead Sea Scrolls. All of a sudden, oh damn, we found original manuscripts. This stuff is legit. Um, legit as far as historical i mean because that is yes historical legit um there are original copies from you know like 4 bce or whatever right um so just the basic story of the nephilim um and i will try to dispel as many myths as possible so genesis was written as a polemic right are you familiar with the term i know that term means but i didn't know that yes i didn't know that the Babylonian creation myth, um, yeah. it has what are called the Apkalu, which are the Nephilim, basically. Yeah. The, the difference is the Babylonian creation myth paints the Apkalu as saviors. They're like, oh, these awesome divine beings came down and gave man all this knowledge. They're the heroes, and, the, and then they got punished. And yeah. damn that punisher for punishing them, but they're the good guys. They, they right. um, brought people to us or whatever um which is interesting actually like the the babylonian the crossover is crazy there's even that like they have their own version of ecclesiastes which match up almost identically it's really weird um so what the writers of genesis then did was take the creation story which was pretty common in early history and they said okay so you said writers of genesis just a bunch of dudes writing genesis yeah who i mean who wrote it moses that's what people say. Right. I mean, I guess no one really knows. But, okay, cool. Uh, so they're like, look, what you heard was kind of right, but you missed key points. So yeah. the Apkalu, these Nephilim, they were not good. These were rebellious beings, right? So first mistake also is it wasn't demons. So the basic story is... The demons weren't involved in the mating is what you're saying. No, it was the... the so... In a nutshell, I'm going to have to, without going into detail, but so you've got God, you've got Yahweh and the Elohim, right? The the divine council. So when God says, let us make man in his image, he's not talking to the Trinity, as some people think. He's talking to his divine council, the same one that is in Job, right? So there's this idea that there are many lowercase g gods, the Elohim, the shining ones is another translation, and they're just divine beings, right? These like are, angel-ish? So angel is a job title. Angel is a messenger. That's a yeah. messenger Elohim. Yes. Yeah. And they don't, they're the only Elohim that don't have wings, actually, which is funny. So you've got <laughs> seraphim, cherubim, angels, 
Elohim, there's all, and Satan, Satan, which means accuser. That's also a position. Yeah. Um, and, and by the way, do you believe in literal angel, angels and demons and uh, totally. a third of the angels got booted because Lucifer wanted to have a higher place in that narrative? I mean, that's something that... Um, well, I'll get there. I'll get there. Okay. So, cool. so what happened was uh, there were around 200 Elohim, and their leader was Simyaza and Azazel, which you're familiar with. There was yep. 13 named Elohim. And the rest were, uh, they weren't named, but they all met on Mount Hermon and they said, all right, we want to go bone those ladies. That was biblical. Yeah. We want to yeah, go, yeah. the, the women of the world are attracted to us. We want to go down there and mate with them. Yeah. They all made a pact and they said, look, we all need to agree what we're doing because I feel like Simeaza said, I feel like this is all going to fall on me. So we all need to agree to this. They all made a pact. They went down to earth. They mated mm-hmm. with women. This is not where Nephilim came from. So what came from the women and the Elohim mating were giants, just giants. The offspring of giants were Nephilim. So they're third generation. Now, where, where, so where you got that from one of these sources? Uh, That's in the book of the Watchers. That's in the book of the Watchers, um, which is part of Enoch, the book of Enoch. Gotcha. So, and that's what they were called. They were called Watchers, not angels. and and for for folks that are like big time canon of scripture only, why would people pay attention to Enoch in your words? Like why pay attention um, to that? Well, I can if you want, there is about it's all over scripture. It's quoted directly. Yeah. yeah. Um, oh yeah. And there are even some weird stuff about like arguing over the body of Moses. You know what I'm saying? I mean, just all sorts of things that 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 point to these sorts of spiritual right. yeah well and there's there's like <laughs> and that and that was from an uh, extra biblical book it was quoted in jude but it was still a quote from something that wasn't even in the bible so for people that say oh you shouldn't go outside the bible for truth well the bible does <laughs> yeah that's what i'm saying and like there yeah. there are so many verses that pull like direct paraphrases from yeah. these pseudo epigraphical totally. books or however you pronounce it <clears throat> so these uh, watchers came down, made it with women, made giants, which in turn made Nephilim. Uh, the Nephilim ended up being, well, before that, the main 13 watchers taught men different things. One of them taught them sorcery. One of them taught them root cutting, which is like how to make drugs and medicine. One of them taught them warfare and how to make metal. One of them taught women makeup and the adorning of the eyes. And interestingly... The one that taught them sorcery is named Hermione, which I wonder if that's where Hermione, Hermione from Harry Potter, if that's where she pulled that name. So when you say teaching, you don't have any sort of further information on how that took place. I mean, but maybe similar to Jesus teaching the disciples sort of thing, like just. uh, Yeah, more like literally taught the sake that's called like the sacred sciences. So, you know, the Greek story of Prometheus, he stole fire and gave it to man. Yeah, that's what this story is. The whole the Titans and the Greek myths. That's exactly gotcha. this story. So you're saying when we study Greek mythology, it's not all fairy tale. Like it, it's a Hellenistic version of the Babylonian and the Genesis myth. Yes. Gotcha. Yeah. Gotcha. It's the same thing. Demigods, all that. That's where that yeah. came from. Yeah. Um, now, now, why you as a 
uh, you consider yourself a Christian, right? Oh yeah, very much. Why, why, why would you then say, okay, I'm, I'm holding the Bible up as authoritative also? Like what, what's the, for you, what's the point of having the Bible and all of this talk? Uh, hmm. that's a good question. I guess I just believe it. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. As simple as that. Like, well, yep. like, you know, I guess I just do. It yep. makes sense. It has yep. yet to really not make sense. Right. And, and that question's coming more from, you know, the whole deal of, I mean, there's flood stories similar to Noah and uh, all everywhere. over the place. A creation story is similar to Adam and Eve. And Pete Enns makes a case for why wouldn't God use those stories that were so common to get his truth out? Like, that's that's what he does. That's right. what we're supposed to do is, you know, appeal to people and, you know, where they're at. Do you know what the primary difference between the... Uh, Judaic or whatever the Christian creation myth is than every other creation mm-hmm. myth Mm-mm. in that God did not every other myth the gods created humans as slaves or workers and in really this one, in this one God created humans as partners to be wow. co-creators and that was a massive difference between this religion and every other prehistory world religion that's pretty interesting that's pretty <clears throat> it is so uh so the Nephilim come down um, the original watcher angels told men all these things that they shouldn't have known this, this sacred knowledge that shouldn't have happened. And so, you know, the, that's when the wickedness starts. The, the Nephilim are the, the mighty heroes of old. You could, you could think, uh, Nimrod, um, Hercules, uh, Gilgamesh is actually, uh, mentioned in, so there's the most interesting one book that they found was called the book of the giants and it's an old it's an, it's in fragments but it's a book from the perspective of the nephilim and in it like like a nephilim wrote it yeah like and for real like that's real. what they're saying or that's it was like saying. wow that's... and so in it the nephilim are getting these really ominous dreams one of them has a dream that there's a clay tablet that gets doused in water and afterwards, there's only three names left on this clay tablet. There was a bunch before. And they're like, holy shit, I think we're about to get flooded. So yeah. they go to Enoch and they say, yo, Enoch, I know you're cool with God. Go ask him. Go intervene for us on yeah. our behalf. And yeah. so Enoch goes to God and says, hey, these Nephilim like want to know if you'll chill out. And God says, there'll be no peace for them. Go tell them that. Yeah. Yeah, so, and and, and bef- um, before we continue too, I mean, I I am right there. I think the almost like the the groundwork of all of this is you and I do believe in the supernatural, and nothing is off the table. If 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 there's a God that created everything and He always existed and always will exist, and to me everything's on the table because that doesn't make any sense at all. Right. But but right. it sounds like you are saying your perspective is based on the fact that taking everything into consideration, including mythology, including the Bible, including just real historical events, you're saying this is probably the best explanation that that you have encountered. You're not just saying, hey, it says here in Genesis, so you just believe and have faith. Like you're saying, no, big picture, this makes the most sense for Jed. And and the biblical writers. This is what they believed. And you'll see with Jesus moving on. So yeah. Um, so this part of the story is mostly it's just it's obviously it's probably some fantastical elements, but it's a really interesting story. So yeah. 
Um, it then cuts to, um, so it says that the Nephilim poisoned the world. They started, it says they sinned against the beast, which is where the myths of Chimera come yeah. from. And like centaurs, half beast, half man. So it's basically like they tempered with genetics. Yeah. Um, they became cannibals. They consumed everything that man created. So they consumed all the resources on earth. Basically everything turned to shit. Yeah. So, uh, Gabriel and Michael, the archangels, are looking down saying, hey, we got to do something about this. So they go and bind the Watchers, the, the original rebellious Watchers. They bind them, and they say, look, your punishment is going to be uh, your children are going to slaughter each other. So yeah. Gabriel goes, and it says he whispered in their ear to incite war against them. So there was this giant versus giant battle and they all killed each other, and the angels, the watchers were forced to watch. They were chained up, and they were forced to watch. And they said, um, well, when the flood came, that was also part of the judgment of the flood, and they found Noah, and they're like, all right, save him. And uh, Simyaza asked Yahweh, he said, look, will you please allow, um, well, sorry, I'm getting ahead of myself, but so they were, the angels were kept in gloomy darkness, right? They were yeah. chained in the stars. Yep. Also, side note, this is why, and it was under the earth, so that's also why Jewish men were forbidden from using hot springs, because they believed that the hot springs were heated by the fire that tortured the watchers. Yeah. Interesting. That is super <laughs> yeah. intriguing. So, um, I can't wait to hear about the correlation in women covering their heads, man. Yes, that one is, it's, it makes Paul out to seem like such a less bad person. So... <laughs> Um, hey, what what does, does the Nephilim have anything to do with women not being able to speak? <laughs> no, no. Dang it! I wish we could blame we that can, one. We on can the Nephilim. we can we can throw that on them. Yeah, totally. So um, so there's no demons yet, but so one of the angels was called uh, one of the translations is uh, Mastema, which is another basically it's believed to be Satan, right? So yeah. Satan asked God, "Hey, if you in order for me to do my job, which is to like accuse the earth." I need help. So can you allow some of the spirits of my children to remain? So God concedes and allows a third of the spirits of the dead giants to remain on earth. Now, right there, why in the hell did God do that? Right. I guess that's, that's yeah. right. I don't right. know. Right. And it's interesting that he says that Satan's basically like, look, I can't do what I'm supposed to do without, without help. So right. I need you to leave some of them. <laughs> Sure, I'll help. Like, if any of us said, sure, I'll help you, Satan, we would be like, right. you're a bad person. <laughs> right. But you know what's interesting, though, is we've been talking a lot about universalism, and you know, I don't know where I'm at with all that, but if that's in place, like, let's just say that is something that we all discover, okay, that's something real about God, I think, you know, God is going to save everyone, well, then all of this stuff makes sense, because I would see everything along those lines, such as God cooperating with Satan, for instance, is just him preparing us for eternity, like may, maybe there's certain things that, like I, I've heard maybe someone he say this before, like there's there's certain things that we possess and are growing because of the existence of evil, like such as huh. uh, courage, for instance, or you know having humility because we recognize pride. I mean, there's certain things that we we grow in because evil exists, and I mean, if if Satan is out there trying to destroy us, and God wants us to come to Him and persevere and all that stuff then i could see that being a part of his masterful plan i guess i mean totally who am i i ain't god so. right uh so that's where demons came from that's the origin yeah. of demons 
And that, yeah. that, that is the, the biblical, uh, extra biblical explanation of the origin of demons is that they're the disembodied spirits. <clears throat> Excuse me. Yeah. Demons are getting me. Um, so the flood comes, the world's wiped away, whatever. Noah restarts. And then it just says the Nephilim were on the earth afterwards. However that happened. And then you get, uh, so that was the, what's called the first incursion, right? Then you have, um, oh, it also gives a secondary ex- explanation for how sin, or, sin entered the world and not only Adam. So like that belief isn't, fu- wasn't fully embraced by like early Christianity that Adam was the, the sole reason right. sin entered. It was also because of these watchers. Right. So then we get to the tower of Babel, right? Which is. All the men coming together, you know the story. They're trying to reach the reach heaven or whatever. Right. Um, the divine council once again says, "Nope, we we've seen this happen before with the Nephilim. This is not going to happen again. But we don't want to flood the world, so go down there, confuse their language." Yeah. This is when Yahweh disinherits the nations. Okay, and he says, "A nation that doesn't exist yet, Israel, I will take as my own. That's my people. The rest of you, I give to seventy lowercase g gods the my my angels you take these nations i'll take israel and so if you remember when um uh the archangel was trying to get to daniel and he said i had to wrestle with the prince of persia to get to you yeah 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 so daniel that's 10. literally so they're they're geographic regions given right. to governing bodies of elohim that then this is the second rebellion they turned and now they you know, that's where all these other vast uh, religions and deities came from was that I think and what it's kind of saying is that they were literal lowercase g gods in charge just preaching a false gospel. And that's why that's when Yahweh chose Israel as his. Gotcha. Gotcha. So he <clears throat> so he I mean, essentially gave them over to Satan. Like, would well, you say it, it was, was they were supposed to be, you know, they were supposed to be ruled correctly, but they rebelled. Okay. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah, so the, the this was another rebellion of cuz it seems like lots of free-willed creation rebels. Yeah. Right? Yeah, totally. Um Oh, yeah, and so that also happened um around Mount Hermon, and that that's important, right? Cuz that's what they call the Valley of Bashan, which the ancient Jews believed essentially was the ground zero for demonic activity right yeah so why that is interesting is because when jesus came and did his transfiguration right mm-hmm. uh that was he went to mount Hermon, which was this everyone knew that to be evil ground zero okay and he that's where he basically went and made his mark saying so did you ever think about uh, upon this rock, I'll build my church, and the gates of hell will not withstand it. Right. All right. Are gates defensive or offensive? Defensive. Right. So it's not saying the the armies that will the army of Satan will won't prevail. It's saying here is your fortress, Mount Hermon. I'm going to knock that shit down. Yeah. It will not prevail against me. And upon this rock, Mount Hermon, I will build my church. Gotcha. So going into the enemy's territory and cleaning yeah, up. Yeah, and, and saying so, yeah. F you. And that's yeah. why, and it's also two of the demon-possessed that he encounters. One of them says Jesus of Nazareth. One of them says Jesus, Son of the Most High. And it's like, because one of, I can't remember the exact, um, 
but basically it's like one of them are in their own territory one of them are not and that's why they yeah. say like have you come to uh torment torment us before the appointed time basically saying like look this is this is my land it was given to me like hold up you said you weren't you were going to give it to me for this amount of time why are you here early this is such an intricate <laughs> narrative it's crazy Dude, i it's, mean you you are Huge. definitely putting the puzzle pieces together, and I totally understand someone being like, what in the hell are these people talking about right, right. now? Like, I can see it both ways. Well, and, <laughs> but, and I'm, you- but I'm more in line with really – because there's just too many verses that seem so foreign to the overall narrative, but then when you add this element, it's like, oh, now it the whole thing makes more it's sense, not just those tiny – yeah. Yeah. And and even um And do you do you think God wants everybody to be aware of this narrative or he's just happy as can be that a lot of people don't pay much attention to it because it would be too much trouble for our own good? I think a little bit of both. I also think if the enemy is wise, they would not want it. Yeah. Would that not make sense? Yeah, it does make sense. And do you believe in uh traditional view that most people are going to be tortured in hell or like no, where are you at with no. all that i'm 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 annihilation gotcha gotcha yeah and even yeah if that and, and i'm that because i don't know what to do with the warning verses yeah yeah it's absolutely. like if it is universal then what's up with those scary ass warning verses? right yeah totally totally <laughs> um so and even so this is where baptism also harkens back to the nephilim because the flood was the original judgment yeah Okay, so when when you wow. get baptized with water, it's essentially saying to the demons, like, you will lose again, I am Yahweh's, and this is how. And that is also why, like, So they those believe. sprinkling pre- priests are really full of shit, then. <laughs> right, dude. If you, you don't dunk, you, you ain't doing it biblically. <laughs> and so when Jesus got killed, they, you know, the, the, those powers, that was like, okay, we need to kill this dude. They didn't know the grand plan and that's when jesus went and preached to the spirits and change yeah he went down to the watchers again and said no you didn't win by killing me you actually like lost ultimately gotcha it's this now, huge ask, story so so the the our kooky friends like uh la Mar- marzuli or whatever mm-hmm. his name is does he believe in this narrative and he just does a really poor job in demonstrating all of this? Like, is, is what you described, is this the foundation of all their beliefs, too? Yes, it should uh, be. It should uh, be. So you're just it, assuming that, yeah, they, they probably have that part right. But then, you know, the stuff, and I'll be honest, you know, and I, I think wherever we release this, we'll probably, re- I think we'll release the episode with Matt and myself and this Nephilim guy from years and years ago. I mean, I'll be honest, it was it was a moment for me of uh and it's um shamefully admit but i think it was a huge lesson for me not to just buy into someone just because they have a name and because they sound convincing i mean i feel like i sat there and kind of got a lesson seeing how matt matt handled that and honestly a part of me was just like why is matt being so rude but bottom line it was because this dude kept whipping out evidence and just uh, assuming we were all going to put a thumbs up and say, oh, yeah, now we believe. And it's just like, where did you get that elongated skull? And where did this picture come from? That's, like, that's we- where they go wrong, trying to bring it into current. And so that's why I wanted to come on and say all the stuff I'm saying is not – you can just go read it. I, I'm not saying it. I'm just repeating it. Right. Right. This is just literal. And we can then- put – Go ahead. 
we can put in the show notes to, too if you want to just pick like oh, yeah. three different links for people to visit and stuff. Because yeah, you're right. I mean, these guys literally tell stories of people dressed in like a hooded sweatshirt, and then when someone got close yeah, to them, they saw there's like, a lizard. And the, yeah, <laughs> it's like, like you're, you're oh making. Oh my gosh, you're I want to see a bad. lizard, man. <laughs> you're making us look bad. There's another interesting correlation, and this I'll just briefly touch on because it's a lot of detail, but. Uh, the genealogy of Jesus that is listed in, which one is it, John or Mark, whichever gospel starts with a genealogy. Yeah. The four women listed, it was like Ruth, four women, Rahab. I don't remember exactly, but basically that aren't like related to Jesus really blood-wise. It's like, why were they put in there? Yeah. And the four women actually relate to, it's kind of complicated but they relate to war lying um and seduction and something else and basically it's it's a clever way of showing how they undid what the nephilim originally uh poisoned on earth so like with warfare seduction but these women used that backwards like uh rahab used the lying to get so and it's like super interesting shit yeah yeah, it's always now. Now you, you, um, I mean, before we even started, I don't know if it was recorded or not, but you kind of committed to staying away from the conspiracy uh, side of this. But just kind of more yes, no. Like, do you believe in like, for example, I read a book that pretty much does a good job saying, look, there's hundreds, uh, there's millions of UFO um, reports and abductions, and basically you can eliminate 95% of them by saying the dude was drunk, the dude saw an airplane, the dude was tripping on LSD, whatever. Uh, the, the woman made up a story to get her husband in trouble. Who knows? But there's a small percentage of stories there's no explanation for. And what this guy set out to, I think it was Chuck Missler, sets out to say every single apparent abduction has these stories uh, that overlap, and there's no way these people could have known. But the the aliens were very interested in sexual reproduction, uh, genitalia, uh, very interested in making sure there's no like godhead over the person, like uh, you know, like those you know those sorts of things, like very spiritually yeah. um, driven as far as we have an agenda to tell you, and we're very interested in your sexual organs. So a lot of people that believe in this conspiracy stuff would say, yeah, that's same old, same old. That stuff is still happening, and they're not aliens from outer space. They're demons. Like, when you hear that sort of narrative, you're like, that's just ridiculous. Or do you think, ah, it's plausible. I mean, why not? Yeah, yeah. At the risk of losing my credibility. Right, right. No. Um, And and what's interesting to me is that, and then once, don't make me go too far into it, but (laughs) this is just a personal so Jed's trying you, to stay. You, you you're get, trying to stay you, credible, baby. <laughs> well, yeah, because because this is the stuff that makes people ruin. But this is just an right. interesting thought of mine, and I'm not alone in this. But it, so you get you have a large gap. You have like the dark ages. You have slow technological rise, and then boom, uh, the nuclear age, 40s and 50s, right? Yeah. You have uh, the head of the Jet Propulsion Laboratory doing uh, satanic rituals with um, Anton Lavey. Not Anton Lavey. Was it him? Yeah. One of them. But they had that ritual. And this is where Marilyn the alien Manson. grays came from, and he made contact with a being called Lamb, L-A-M, and he drew a picture of it, and it looks like what every alien gray has been copied since then. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, we have this massive technological boom. So what happened in the days of Noah? Right. Nephilim right. came down, gave these like secrets to people. We had this huge boom of technology. You know? Yeah. Did that happen again? I don't know. Yeah, and I'm you know? I'm 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 quite frankly sick and tired of people that 
they 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 listen to some kooks and then they just dismiss it like anything that sounds weird or intriguing or no way it's like they truly treat it as no way off yeah, the table but it's not? like no there there's ancient caves like in ancient civilizations where people drew similar stuff to what people are drawing today in their sightings right. and it's just like okay you can either you can either say okay that stuff was put there by as as a fraud or scientists really actually went there and could tell oh yeah this dates thousands and thousands of years ago i mean so there is some legit stuff out there but i think you said it well i mean those other guys just give the whole mess a bad name and and just yeah. causes everybody to discount all of it so for the sake of time and maybe we can even you know get together and talk more about this but let's talk specifically how uh let, let's talk peter paul. and paul basically yeah. um okay. you said peter and paul and the jews um thought about the Nephilim and the Watchers and their writings, including an explanation of Paul's order for women and head coverings. Yeah, so one of, one of the more confusing um, passages for people is Paul and the head coverings of women, right? So what he talks about in that verse is uh, men, just as your long hair is your shame, women and women, right. it, it is your crown of glory. What the fuck does that mean? Right. Why would long hair be shame? Does that make right. any sense? And then it says you should have a sign of marriage upon your head, and you ought to cover your hair in worship. What does that mean? Right? Yeah. So, uh, according to medical journals of the time, there was an old belief that um, the semen. <laughs> this is and this is this is not kookiness. This is literal. Yeah. Uh, Old medical journal. Just belief. go and chalk it up, dude. Some people think this whole episode's kooky, so just oh, that's just fine. Well, that's, all, all my stuff is a. Uh, you can just go look it up yourself. Proceed. I'm so with they you, believed man. that the semen congealed into hair, and so that with men, if your hair was super long, that means you were building up semen, aka you weren't getting laid, you weren't spreading your seed, and you had this yeah. long, full. So that's shame. So that's, that's shameful. <laughs> okay. Whereas for women, they believed that the Vagin the, the vaginal canal, the vagina was con had a direct line to the hair, to the head. Wow! So much to the to the head, so much so that an old medical test to see if for infertility was they would stick uh, cloves and um, smelly things in your vagina, and they would yeah. smell your breath three days later. If they could smell it on your breath, then you were good to go. If not, they believed there was a blockage. <laughs> so, so is that so? Is, wait, wait, so check it yeah. out. So. So women have this huge, long thing of hair, which means it's semen. So where is semen stored? Right. No, question. Uh, where is it stored in the human body? Yes. I think it's in the testicles, right? Right. So basically, Paul said, cover up your balls when you're in the house of the Lord. You have this giant testicle on your head. Please cover it up. It's rude. Because that is the literal, just like men cover yourself up in the house of the Lord, he, they believed that that was a sexual organ. Wow. And so when he said a symbol of You have to marriage, dig deep to find that online? Not I mean, really. Really? God, not really. So the symbol of marriage was literally Paul had in mind the original transgression of the angels, and he did not want that to happen again. So he said, women, put a sign of marriage on your head because the angels look down so that they'll see you see that you're married and not want to mess with you so they won't get tempted. Wow. So all that wasn't for women. He was literally scared of another 
angelic rebellion inclusion. Yeah. yeah. Now, now, would would you would you go so far as to say that if if this whole narrative is true, the Bible definitely didn't make a huge priority in making sure we understood it. Like it's it's kind of hidden. I mean, would you agree with that? That it's it's not blatant. To well, the more I read about it through, and what this is what's this is what's eternally hilarious to me. Everyone talks about we need to read the Bible through the lens of the early Jews. Okay. Right. If you do that, this is what they believe. So, like, the more I read <laughs> through their eyes, it's not confusing at all. It's right. pretty obvious, and right. it, like they're just using it's and it's clever the way they do it. There's callbacks, yeah. There's specific language that calls back and reminders of this story that they're all very familiar with and they right. all very much believe. To us, yeah, it doesn't make any sense, especially if you just kind of don't want to see it. You don't have to. Right. And it would be a, it would be much easier to discount. I mean, anybody can discount if you want. But it'd be a lot easier to discount if it was something as, you know, for example, when it talks about the earth being the center of the universe. I mean, we all know that was just a matter of lack of scientific data. Whereas mm-hmm. this is stuff that's just plugged in all over the place that all that in, place. injecting this narrative gives sense to it, you know. So it's a it's a it's a completely different animal because I know some people's knee jerk reaction would be, well, yeah, the Jews believe this, but what other things that the Jews believe? And I do believe that that's a valid thing to bring up. Like maybe sure. they maybe that's just how they read scripture, but that it's a it's a real valid way of, of reading scripture it's it's right. in other words it's not scientifically proven wrong i know a lot of people would say well yes it is there's no such thing as giants and that's like well you're well, saying there's no such and, thing and as he, the supernatural <laughs> right and, and in popular culture i mean have you ever heard fee fi fo foam i smell the blood of an englishman like that harkens back to giants being cannibalistic man eaters yeah right that yeah. simple rhyme that everyone has heard like the the giants of great britain like these aren't stories unique to the bible they're freaking everywhere yeah. all over culture and some of it makes sense to me like every most old civilizations have the idea that when asked how they knew how to do things how they knew where to build stuff what to build they would just simply reply it was told from us from the gods right yeah. we received this information from the gods what if that actually happened yeah where do you think the first what what would give someone a right to be the the very first king did you ever think about that right royal yeah. families why why would someone just be like you're not royal i'm royal right because they would claim divine blood wow that is how royal families started did you ever wonder how secret societies started like the skulls and all that stuff. Yeah. Would you yeah. like to know? Yeah. So the seven sacred sciences, sciences that these watchers bestowed on mankind, they that knowledge eventually was collected individually into what they called schools of mystery. Yeah. Uh, these were old learning centers where Pythagoras, Plato, Herodotus, Napoleon, Da Vinci, these are all historically verifiable people that went to these mystery schools and when those schools shut down they formed societies around these secrets that were you know if you trace it all the way back they would say these were secrets given to man from the gods mathematics astrology astronomy um and they formed secret societies around them and that's where they came from that's where they sprung up all over the place when the schools disbanded hey 
when you it's go everywhere, when, you, when you go to those secret societies, how do they explain how they started? Have you ever done any research on that? Like how at, at they their were... root, it's it's all divine. But they'll you know they'll just <laughs> say, they'll they'll just say it's it's that that's yeah that's our history goes back to whatever whatever, and they'll just chalk it up to yeah those silly those silly ancestors of ours. Which but think about which, it too, like who was the who? This one, this is where like evolution. <laughs> Who the who in their right mind first smoked like decided to roll up and smoke marijuana out of every single trillion plant out there in the earth, right? Right. Well, they probably you know, just it, tried everything. Well, but why would you try to smoke something like? Unless then you could say if it accidentally got thrown in a fire or something. But your yeah. first reaction is going to be to cough it away. Yeah. If you had never heard of smoking before, you would not think to inhale it because it's not pleasant at first, right? Yeah. Unless something told you, hey, if you do this, it's awesome. Yeah. Wow. All right. So let's wrap it up right here. What What would you say to somebody that says, all right, well, what now? I'm a Christian. How should my life change? It shouldn't. Yeah. That's and I think um, who's, and that right it? that right there I think does give you a lot of credibility because there's like yeah. there's no agenda. It's like, look, here's what here's how I make sense out of it, and it makes a lot of sense and Maybe you need to open your eyes to the logicalness of this, but you're not saying, so you need to watch out for lizard men. (laughs) No, but it, but it's like, if you look at, if you look at geographical regions that have historically always been in conflict, does it not, do you not get the feeling that there's just like a prevailing spiritual, uh, atmosphere in those places? And you know, like, what's that about? Could it be that because there are like, specific hot points of like spiritual unrest and stuff or like spiritual battlegrounds or whatever. I don't know. I mean, the more I look at it through a Christian lens, the more the world really, it makes sense. A lot more things just make sense. It doesn't change anything now. It's, you know, CS Lewis, I think said the, the trouble you get into with demons is either thinking they have too much power or, uh, too little, like thinking about it too much. It's like basically, it's it's real. Spiritual warfare is a real thing. There's nothing to be afraid of. Jesus already won the battle. It's already over with. But it's right. more like if you know the enemy's battle plans, you're better equipped to not fall for the bullshit. Yeah, yeah, for sure, dude. This has been awesome, man. Was there yeah. anything? Was there anything you were hoping to add that you didn't really get to that merits more time another time, or you can fit in right now? Um. Yeah, the you know, the Antichrist is going to be an alien. I'm just going to say. I'm just you, do you do? I don't know. Do you feel that no, way? No, we'll see. Well, so my whole thing with, with Revelation got turned on its head when when it basically it already happened. That was like the destruction of of the temple in 72 A.D. or whatever 70 A.D. So that really threw me for a loop. Yeah. Um. That the that my whole uh end times theology was probably wrong growing up and that revelation basically most of it already happened yeah yeah and then you know man who would have thought that none of us really knows how all this works man why can't why can't we just all why can't we just all figure that out i'm serious man i think so many christians would sleep so much better at night being like you know what i'm trying it seems like God is loving and merciful, and if 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 I'm really wanting to know the truth, God's not going to punish me for just trying to figure it out. And of course, we're all over the map. And I think it is hilarious sure. how people say, you know, you got to let the verses speak for themselves. And it's like, 
well, then why is there one <laughs> verse taken a hundred different ways within Christian thought? So, yes, dude, yeah, you may be right, but ways. only one out of a hundred gets it right in, in each verse or each issue or, or whatever. So it's uh, yeah. I, w- I wish everybody could be just cooler with recognizing I'm it's almost assured that I'm right or that I'm wrong about a lot of stuff that I'm convinced I'm right about. Yeah, and, and I, I really want to do away with the idea that you can't be intellectual and believe in the supernatural. Like, why is that? Uh, why are those have to be mutually exclusive? Yeah, I, I don't think that I, I have a hard time with that just because you either have to say the supernatural exists or it doesn't. And if it does, then science can't really do much with it. And that doesn't mean it's bad. It just means, hmm, maybe there's some stuff outside of the realm of science. Yeah. I mean, and, and shocker, right? Exactly. I would say there already is stuff outside of the realm of science, such as what in the hell are we doing here? Like, Thank where you. did all this stuff come from? <laughs> like you. science, please tell us. Well, I don't think anybody can, not the no. smartest scientists. I mean, maybe the origin of the universe, but still you can't explain how the big bang happened. So yeah. Yeah. at the end of the day, you can't explain why there is nothing instead of why there is something instead of nothing. Yep. Yep. All right. So I'm not sure what who our audience is going to be uh, exactly. So I think tell the, the, the people need to hear this. Joey. Be, hey, I'll push for it. I will push right. for it. Um, but oh yeah, t- um, tell people tell people about church and other drugs though. Yeah. So I, I uh, do a podcast called, called Church and Other Drugs. I am um, a ex. I mean, I am a heroin addict uh, in recovery. I've been sober since 2014. Um, I'm also a uh, substance abuse counselor at an adolescent treatment center. And I know tons of friends with crazy, crazy stories of uh, doing drugs, getting sober, relapsing. We cover like porn addiction, food addiction, um, and uh, a bunch of fringe Christian topics. Like we have, I've had uh, Michael Heiser on the show. You've been on the show. Um, Pretty much, it's just how um, the church should be a lot more like recovery meetings, and uh, the recovery world could use a little more Jesus, in my opinion. But yeah, it's a good time. It's all fun. Hell yeah to that. All right, well, we'll have all this in the show notes, including some links on all of this craziness that we just talked about. So I appreciate it, dude.